Hey, everybody. Um, welcome to this week's edition of the podcast of REF at USF. This is Andrew Newman, and this is Kelly, 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 Kelly. Co Jackson, who is the campus minister at Florida State University up in Thomasville. Tallahassee. He's in Thomasville. I am in Thomasville this week. I'm at my home church uh, next to my brother's office because he is the pastor of the church he grew up in. Cray. Crazy. Cray, cray. Z. And the reason. Away from Tallahassee. Yeah, but the more important reason why Kelly's up in Thomasville is because when UGA loses to Alabama this weekend, he wants to be around his family. He wants to be comforted and loved. <laughs> oh, go dogs. Go dogs. You leave it, but it never leaves you. Mm. That's what Aaron Murray said one time. <laughs> Great Aaron Murray. Um, Kelly Jackson, for those who didn't know, went to the University of Georgia. Went to Georgia. Hardcore dogs fan. Then I They're thought, from- enemy of my enemy. That's where I need to do RUF. Florida State, perfect choice. Florida State. And now they're bad at football, so it doesn't really matter. They're good at so many other things, like basketball. They are? Yeah. ACC surprised last year. Hmm. That is, About that. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That doesn't even count. Tournament got canceled. Um, all right. We didn't <laughs> win the tournament. We, we, yeah, but we won regular season. So. Consolation prize. Whatever. <laughs> I'm so jelly right let's now. Talk about, let's talk about the uh, the creed. <laughs> so we are gonna we're gonna bite off a little bit bigger chunk than usual today. Um, we are Get so ready. the <laughs> part where, and I think <laughs> I'm really I'm gonna take a big old bite from ourselves. Um, but the part of the creed too, well, Kelly, I don't know if I told you this. One of the reasons I want to do more than we have, because um, it ends, the creed ends with like these quick statements on pretty big things. Like I believe in the Holy Spirit. I believe in, the, in one holy Catholic church. I believe in the resurrection of the dead. And I was hoping to kind of tackle those things individually. So this is one reason we're taking a bigger chunk. But anyways, yeah. the chunk for this week is I believe he, that is Jesus, ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty from whence, which means that's the place where he'll come from, where, um, where he shall judge, he shall come to judge the living and the dead. And so um, what Sometimes we're going to do is... said quick in the dead, if you grew up. Oh, yeah. Um, kind of older translation. Yeah. Um, you're saying it came to judge the quick and the dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so... We're going to go through these, and we're going to go through the statement in three ways. So the first is we're going to look briefly at his um, ascension, which is I, I don't think is something besides maybe people um, in their minds saying it's true. It's something we don't really discuss that much. Yeah. Um, and these both of these have, or all three of these things, have to do somewhat with his ascension. But we're going to talk primarily just about the ascension of, at first. Then we'll talk about um, how he sits at the right hand of God the Father and what that means. And then finally, this is the place where he, he shall come to judge the living and the dead. And so we're going to talk finally about judgment and what that means and how that actually can be a comfort for us. Mm-hmm. Um, so, okay, first uh, we'll look at ascension. Um, Kelly, did you have a question for me? What was the, yeah, the first yeah. one? So I like, I'm, I'm more and more, you know, one of my, I think our jobs or one of the things that we want for our students is to point you guys to the Bible 
You know, like you ask us a question about life. We say, well, what does the Bible have to say about that? Uh, so Ascension passages that are uh, good ones to look at. Luke 24, 51 to 53, Mark 16, 19 to 20, and then Acts, uh, which is a continuation of Luke uh, 1, chapter 1, verses 8 and 9, all speak to uh, the Ascension. And, you know, Jesus gives some instructions uh, at you know, the, the end before he ascends, he, he encourages the, the followers and then he ascends into heaven. But Andrew, I had a question before we even talk about, uh, and we'll get to, you know, what the Ascension means for us. Like you were just saying, we talk about what it means that Jesus conquers death and sin. That he, uh, rises from the grave, but his Ascension has some really helpful, encouraging spiritual realities for us now. But what do you think, at first, you know, before we get there, this communicates about the relationship with the, the father and the son, the ascension. Yeah, I think, um, it, and this is, I think we we're talking about this a little bit beforehand, but um, as the incarnation um, at least implies or communicates that uh, God the father is the one who sent God the son, um, this is in some ways a receiving back. Yeah. Jesus cool. God the Son. So it's like he's he's been sent. He's done everything that God the Father asked of him to do, and now it's done. Mm-hmm. So he's leaving his earthly ministry. Mm-hmm. This the, the kind of bookends of the earthly ministry is this incarnation to the ascension. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, yeah, that's makes me think of a boomerang. You know, a boomerang when rightly thrown is going to return to the one who sent it, and it's cool. I mean, it's like a a stamp of approval or a confirmation. And Jesus says on the cross, it is finished. And God, the father is like, yep, it is. Come on back to, yep. to heaven uh, to be with me. And, and, and in some ways he's saying, well done, good and faithful servant. Yeah. By the way, a boomerang, is that a real thing? I feel like I've never seen that work or I've never, yeah. I've, I think I've tried it one time. I've seen one thrown, yeah, but I've never seen the real. full. Okay. Yeah. I've and seen what, it thrown before. And and the and now that we know it's real, what yeah. is it used for? I think they were actually used as weapons uh, uh, at some point, but I've seen them just used as toys. You know, just kind of like a, a frisbee or something, but something that people will go out and throw. I learned that they're all right. In fact, right-handed boomerangs because I tried to throw it with my left hand and it oh. went to the ground. Are you are you left-handed? I'm left-handed. Yeah. Oh man, I think we've established that before, but I want yeah. it every time. But I just love the, that, I mean, I love that question. I love that thought that like the father is like welcoming his son back and just cheering him on. So proud of him. And, and that we're like, like the, there, there's this other aspect to, we are in some senses let into mm. the plans, the plans of God. Mm. Right. Good. Yeah. Like, like, and, and this is not something that, you know, a lot of people, A, don't even believe this is true. A lot of people don't know more than Jesus was this good person that taught these good things. Yeah. But here we see from the incarnation and we've studied, you know, the, his life, death, burial, um, and ascension, uh, resurrection and ascension. Like we're, we're, we're getting a picture into the mind of God, like what he has planned yeah. from eternity past. And so we're, good. we are privy to this little bit of it. Okay. You got me um, salivating now. Mm. Uh, with, the the son who the father loves so much 
returning back, having redeemed a people to himself. Let's talk about those benefits now. Like Jesus returns back to the father. He's, he's with his dad. And I just, you know, I'm just picturing Jesus like dad. I got to tell you all about, you know, I, I want to talk all about these people that I love. Uh, and so let's start fleshing out some of those benefits. Yeah. Uh, let's think about them together. Yeah. So the, and th- I'm, I'm taking this from this Kevin Young book I'm reading. Um, there's actually a book on the Heidelberg Catechism, which Heidelberg Catechism speaks about the Apostles' Creed. Mm. Um, but he says, the Young says that um, one of the first benefits is that we have an advocate with the Father. Mm-hmm. And so we have someone who, who is continually pleading our case before God. And, and I think that there's some context to that. We know that Satan is called the accuser um, and the father of lies. And so in, in some senses, we are constantly being accused um, of all these things by Satan to God saying, this person is, mm. is evil. This person sins. Mm. Why would you accept him? And we know on the other end of that, Jesus is literally to, at his right hand saying, no, look yep. at me. Look at what I've done. Look at the blood that I've spilt to purchase this person. He is righteous. He is sinless. He is forgiven. And mm. so, and it's because I, I struggle with that. Like, what does he mean that, what does it mean that he advocates for us, that he is interceding yeah. for us? But I think yeah. it's helpful knowing that we're, we have an enemy who's, who's looking to accuse us constantly. So mm. we have someone on our behalf advocating for us against the accuser. Yeah. That's cool. And, and that reminds me like just a little bonus for y'all, a little gratis. Mm. Uh, um, I mean, the Bible says that the spirit and the son are interceding with the father. And I love the passages that talk about how the spirit groans for us in ways we don't even know how, like the spirit is like praying for words. us. Yeah. Jesus is praying for us and interceding with the father in ways that we don't even know how to. And that's just so beautiful. So I love that we have an advocate in the father with, with the father in the son and the spirit pleading our case. So the second thing, the second thing that he mentions is that, um, and I'll explain this a little bit, but he says that our own flesh is in heaven, meaning as Jesus is the head of his church and we are the body, Mm. like our own body, including like mainly speaking about the head, is in heaven. So therefore, um, as Colossians three says, our lives are hid in Christ. Mm-hmm. Right. And the implications of this are that we are not citizens of this world. We, you know, we're called sojourners. We're called foreigners. We're called aliens in an alien land. And I think the implications for that is that we can live lives looking heavenward rather than mm-hmm. being both brought down and depressed and living in just, despair with the things of this world as well yeah, as yeah. not being enticed with the things that, that we, we are often enticed by. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which so. makes me, I mean, citizenship, what you're touching on, like it makes me think of Jesus's high priestly prayer about us saying, I am leaving this world, but I want them to remain in this world, even though they are not of this world anymore. Uh, and how there is this tension uh, that is informed by this kingdom that we now belong to, but we haven't arrived in, you know, this uh, glorified state, this eternity with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit and each other. Uh, but 
that should feed and, and Jesus, like you said, being that head should empower and um, strengthen and give hope to the body that is Kelly, Andrew, and all the rest of the church, uh, even as we're still called to be here and to be like American citizens or, you know, called to this community. Um, yeah. and, and like you were saying, that first fruits thing, it's like we're continuing to be pulled in this Godward direction and empowered by the Holy Spirit to live more and more fully, more and Which more is a holy. Good, yeah, and that's a good segue to the last the last benefit, which is we get the Holy Spirit as a result of mm. the Son leaving, which he, he speaks of in John. And I forget, you, you maybe have those passages on hand, but um, Jesus yeah, is saying... Yeah, I mean, Jesus just talking about, it's better that I leave. Yeah, it's better that I leave so that, you, that I will send a helper. Mm-hmm. Um, and the interesting thing too, I just thought of this passage, it's from Ephesians 1, verse 13. It says, and in him, having heard and believed the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, you were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. And so I think mm-hmm. of this, like, you know, Christianity is not about like us making ourselves better so that we get to heaven and receiving the Holy Spirit and that the Holy Spirit indwells or dwells within us um, is like this this promise that God is the one doing it. God will bring us to heaven. God will sanctify us. He has justified us. Um, and so this gives us, because the Holy Spirit dwells in us, we have power and we are also, we are, it is something where the Holy Spirit will be with us forever. Um, and that's how Jesus can say, it is better that I'll, I'll be gone because um, I will spend, send the spirit. Okay. Um, Love it. Man, we're just running out of time, dude. We're at like 14 minutes. We got already. lots of meat to chew on. This is steak. This is prime rib. Got a big old bone to chew on. That's um, right. All right. Second thing is, or that we're going to look at is authority. So the creed says that he is, he sits, that is Jesus, sits at the right hand of God the Father. And there's mm-hmm. so, there's, there's so much like symbolism mm-hmm. in this too. Like so the fact good. that he's sitting, the fact that he's at the right hand um, of God. Um, but first I just wanted to say that sitting is more than just like taking a break. It's really this, it's almost, um, a symbolic act of completion. And yeah. De Young in his book gives an example of after the, after a lawyer in some high profile case gives a huge, um, final closing argument, he's done all the work. He has all his notes laid out. He spent days or weeks or months, you know, putting forth this case. He sits down at the end waiting for the judgment. Um, and this in some senses is what Jesus has done. He's done all his work as we've talked about the Ascension kind of being the last book or the final book into this earthly ministry. Yeah. And so now he can sit down because it's been completed. Yeah. Um, can I jump into Hebrews yeah. 10 where the writer of Hebrews is like, Hey, all of you priests, you don't need to sacrifice anymore. And do you really think that the blood of those animals was atoning for your human sin? Jesus, yeah. the great high priest, has finalized it with the ultimate sacrifice. And what's he doing now? Sitting down. Something that the the priests here on earth never did because yeah. they were literally having to make sacrifices all day long. And when the like, you know, person that worked the first shift in the day was cleaning up, the next person was already preparing the next slew of sacrifices. And so it's just, it's a beautiful thing that Jesus is sitting. It's like, it's over. No more sacrifices. You know, it's interesting. I heard, I heard this on a, 
like a podcast thing, um, like audio in, in the car while I was driving today, that uh, Roman Catholic priests, the reason they stand between the table and the people is because they're re-offering the sacrifice because mm-hmm. they believe that the, the, the bread and the wine turn into the body of Christ. So it's mm-hmm. kind of this transubstantiation. Yeah. Whereas Presbyterians typically, and a lot of other den- denominations will stand behind the table because they're offering what's already been done. Yeah. And there's obviously there's so much more that goes into that, but it's interesting yeah. when you bring up priest um, of the old Testament, this, this idea like it's done. The sacrificial system mm. came to an end with the, Sacrifice, sacrifice of Christ. Um, okay. So the other thing, the two things I was going to say about that with him sitting at the right hand of God, the father is first that um, he is the head of the church. And we, we, we spoke of that earlier, but this in, in, in a different way, because um, him being the king of all things, he now sits in authority um, as everything is coming under his subjection, which mm-hmm. first Corinthians, was it first Corinthians 15, 24? So speaks to that. It was a good passage to, to read on um, everything being subjected to Jesus or subjected mm-hmm. under him. Mm-hmm. Um, and then this, this kind of goes with that too, is that the father rules all things through him. Um, so God, the father, um, has given the keys to the kingdom to Jesus to rule everything until he brings everything to its end um, at the last day. Cool. Um, okay. Moving along. Um, we're just looking. All right. Good stuff, man. Hopefully this whets y'all's appetite and makes you want to do deeper study. Yeah. Uh, it looks like we're reading and then the scripture as well. Yeah. And, and feel free to like reach out to me, reach out to Kelly we, yeah. and just to talk about this stuff. This is, I think this is what uh, is really, it should be, you know, life to our souls to talk about who God is and what he's accomplished and what he's doing. Um, so yeah. these things are, are good to talk about. Um, the last thing was, um, this is uh, the, that Jesus sitting at the right hand of God, the father is where he will come or shall come to judge the mm-hmm. living and the dead, the quick and the dead. I remember that that was in the church I grew up in too. Oh, cool. um, and this is really speaking about judgment. Um, and it's interesting, you know, Kelly and I were talking about this earlier, but we, you may have heard that, you know, God is going to judge the world, which is true. Um, but we don't often hear that Jesus is going to be the one mm-hmm. judging, um, that we will have to stand before Jesus. And, and maybe sometimes that's because we have a, we have kind of a faulty view of who Jesus is and that we think he's kind of, you know, Jesus is my homeboy or Jesus is this cool guy that like yeah. loves me and is kind to me. And he is. He is loving, mm-hmm. he is kind, but he's also holy. And he, um, the God, the father has given him the um, responsibility to judge the world, both those who have died, which it says, and those who are living at his second coming. And mm-hmm. really, I want to harp on more how this is an encouragement for us and a comfort for us. Um, because we, if you, if you are a Christian, you have a personal relationship with God through Jesus Christ. And so knowing him and knowing that he will be the one to judge you. Um, it, it should be a comfort because he will not plead. He, he's not going to say, well, Andrew, well, Kelly, sorry, you didn't do that good. And we're going to have to sit. It's not the angry, disappointing parent. It's he sees you as God. The father sees you perfect um, because of what he has accomplished. So he has pleaded your case as he sits at the right hand of God, the father That's right. um, saying that you are, justified um so there's no fear in judgment 
um, if you are in Christ. Um, did, Kelly, do you have any like other thoughts on, on how is that like, how, what are the implications of that, that he, that Jesus is the one who would judge the living and the dead? What is, yeah, is I, I'm thinking of like, uh, you know, we oftentimes will say something about somebody riding in on a white horse. You got the scene in, uh, I want to say Helm's Deep where Gandalf shows up and saves the day. You've got similar scenes in Harry Potter where Dumbledore shows up and saves the day. And Revelation is a scene where Jesus shows up on a white horse. It says his, his Revelation 19, his eyes are like a flame of fire on his head are many diadems. And he has a name written that no one knows but himself. He's clothed in a robe dipped in blood. The name by which he is called is the word of God. And like, I mean, Jesus shows up on a white horse and it's like, and it says, uh, it says a sword from his mouth comes a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations. He will rule them with a rod of iron. Like Jesus shows up with so much power uh, in this prophecy. And it's like, Oh snap. Like he is coming to save the day. This same carpenter who said, follow me, you know, follow me into this kingdom. And like you just said, he's been talking to his father interceding for us. And I think when, when you and I, uh, you know, if he were to return today, we would probably start laughing like in a giddy way, just like, I can't believe he's back. The scene from uh, Lord of the Rings, the scene from Harry Potter, it's real. Jesus is here. And like, I'm with him, you know, yeah. it's just beautiful. And it should, so it should be. And, and that's where I think like, I, and I've heard, I, I didn't necessarily grow up in a church like this, but the, the, the uh, second coming of Christ, the return of Christ was meant to be a scary thing where you're like, Oh my gosh, you may come any moment kind of hand wringing. So yeah. So, so be on top of things, you know, make sure. Um, and I think there is an aspect of that if you're yeah. not in Christ, because it's yeah. not, a, it's, it, you will not be laughing um, heartily when he comes, um, but rather cowering in terror and fear. But if you're a Christian, it's like, that is what you want. You know, we want for Jesus to come back. We want him to come quickly, right? That's a prayer in, in the, in scripture. Mm. Um, that he would return quickly. Like we are wanting him to come back to return mm -hmm. all things um, or rather to renew all things. Um, and so, yeah, I think that's a great example of like, it is something to be excited about, not something yeah. to fear, and, unless you are out of Christ. Yeah. And I mean, we talked about uh, like God being just uh, in a Bible study this week. And just how we like, we long for justice in our world. Like we mm -hmm. want judges to be just. And you look at Jesus's life and you look at all the scripture that talks about God, the father. Uh, and it's like, man, he's the only just one. I want him to be the one to judge. Uh, and as you know, scripture teaches in Jesus, uh, his words, his ministry, like I want to be in him. I want to be with him. And I, I don't know that, that brings me rest just knowing that like, he is the judge and I don't have to be, uh, yeah. I can live my life trusting that he will have the final say, uh, on everything, you know, not just the brokenness of our hearts and our decision-making, but the brokenness of this world and, you know, all creation. So, right. Yeah. That's a good, good note to end on. Um, man, I feel like we just like, like mentally I'm panting. I'm so we just ran yeah, through all we that. Just ice skated across the surface. So and I, I was, guess that's I was, what this is meant to be though. Yeah, we, yeah, we did. And I hopefully like Kelly said maybe earlier that it kind of whets your appetite for further discussion or reading or thinking or meditation. So 
Um, good. Well, thank you all for joining us, and we will see you all next week. What are we doing? We can't live this way forever. We gotta make ourselves some money. Or be thrown out with the bathwater.